Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me See Me podcast. And today I've got someone who I admire very much uh, in the hairdressing world. He's... Um, He's a bit of a legend, and uh, today I'm talking to Adam Reid. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful, as well as can be expected. (laughs) (laughs) I want that intro every time I walk into a room. (laughs) I'll I'll tape it for you, and they can play it. (laughs) I'll just play it for myself. (laughs) Yeah. When When I wake up, that'll be my alarm call in the morning. (laughs) We can arrange that. that. Put me on the right foot, isn't it? Oh, Adam, you do crack me up. I, I like, and you know what? I've got to say, before we get into it and, and talk about you, uh, you know, your journey and everything, just, I love some of your pictures that you've got on Instagram. Like, oh, you know just, I often go, because if anyone listening, my, my son used to work with Adam, and, you know, I, I say to Tommy, my boy, I'll go, oh, look at this one of Adam. He's got his big wigs on and clear his frock. It's fantastic. Well, do you know what? If it makes me laugh, I I hope it will make at least one other person laugh. And if it does, then that's yeah. really good because um, ultimately I do it to make myself laugh. Yeah, which I think is important. I'm I, not, th- I'm I not, think. Good. No, no. I was going to say I'm actually quite shy, which not many people know unless they know me. But yeah. those things have been a little bit of a thing that I've always thought. I've always done it since I was young because I think what it does is allows people to see through that. Yeah. But whatever, I do love laughing. It's funny because my son, um, I, he's, he's watching French and Saunders and Kath and Kim with me at the moment. Things that yeah. I thought of. French and Saunders was something that I grew up on and he absolutely loves their sense of humour and will often yeah. do the stuff. That's where a lot of what I do comes from French and Saunders were a huge influence on me, keeping me happy as much as anything. Um, So, yeah, that's where that comes from. Slapstick, a bit slapstick. I I, I think what I always love in them, though, is that these surreal images with your deadpan face. I think that's what always (laughs) makes me laugh. You've got this deadpan I do that for everybody. I always say, if we're doing a group picture, or I'll often say, I'm working with these idiots, or what have you, I always say, no smiling, no smiling. I hate my teeth, so that's actually why I don't smile. But um, right. if anybody else is doing it with me, I just make them do it. Um, 
and that's it become a little bit of a thing which I really like because everyone like gets it. involved. <laughs> I I really don't take myself that serious as you all know, you nah. work yeah. I yeah. really don't yeah. take myself that seriously, which is nah. a positive and negative depending on the situation. <laughs> Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm a victim of that. I'm a, I shouldn't say I'm not a victim. I, 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 I tend to do that myself, of yeah. the thing of, of not taking myself seriously. And I think the only, probably the, the negative of that is sometimes that so it, when you don't take yourself seriously at all, sometimes people don't, and then you, 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 you resent the fact that they don't. But then it's, it's your doing because you're not doing it in the first place. So Absolutely. Do you know what? I'm very much a take take me as they come because I think that's yeah. how I go into a situation because ultimately you, you take yourself too seriously or if I took myself too seriously mm. my days would be pretty long and tiring yeah, um, yeah. And, and having a laugh and you know not I don't really at this point in my life I don't really worry what people think of me other than I don't want them to hate me or think I'm a bit of an idiot yeah, in, in in the sort of the true sense of the word. Other than that, I just like to laugh. Yeah, I do great uh, hair. And and it's freeing. It's yeah. such a freeing thing. Yeah, to be able to not really worry too much. Yeah, yeah, I do worry too much as well. I've got to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a melting pot of every type of emotion. <laughs> But do you know what's interesting? It is, it is a funny thing. You know, I've been doing this a long, long time. And yeah. I think I've always been the same. And I know we're going to chat a little bit later about some of the ups and downs of yeah. life sure. and work and what have you. But I've always, ever since I was young, I've always had that sense of humour. And there is an element. I've, I've worked with some incredible comedians and comedians throughout my life. And do you know what's interesting about every single one of them is they have underlying anxiety or, or social issues or uh, from that, I mean, uh, social anxiety and, yeah. you know, or mental health issues. And, and it's always really interesting to see that balance. Um, it, it, it's a common denominator in a, in a lot of, yeah. a lot of comedy performers, isn't it? Yeah. And do you know what's funny is I've never been scared to talk about how I feel because Again, if I make one person laugh, it's important. But if I, by being truthful about the way that I am, if that helps one other person, then I've done something good. And actually, mm. I think that's really important. You know, you can have a laugh. You don't have to take everything seriously. No. Um, um, and, but you can still do really well in what you do. And, and it's all about getting a massive balance. Yeah. Yeah, it's that really word. Hard. Like My favourite word, balance. Everything yeah. comes back to balance, isn't it? It really does, yeah. doesn't it? Do you know yeah. what? I can't get a balance. I find it really hard, but it's what I strive for all of the time. Mm. I've, I've got a new one, and it, it makes a lot of people... Uh, I, I find it fascinating because it makes quite a few people uncomfortable. But my newest one, really, is I aspire for neutrality. I just want to be neutral. Yeah. And it really puts people off because they sort of see it. It's such a negative thing. I'll just, yeah, they see it as beige and neutral. But no, I don't mean that. I mean, I, want, yeah. I don't want anything to be able to affect me. I'll, yeah, you know. you know what? It, I totally agree with you there. I really do. Because also what that allows you to do is take on other people's opinions and thoughts and yeah. actually take some time to process them. Because actually, mm. if you're so either side 
and you're not sitting neutrally. It doesn't mean you're laying down and letting people walk all over you or you're sort of not accepting what is going on. It means that what you're doing is you're keeping an open mind. This is how I You're keeping an open mind. And and it is something that I strive to do. It really is something I strive Mm. to do. Keep a really open mind. You learn way more. And you probably come out of situations way better. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. I like well, that. It's, it's, as I said, it makes people uncomfortable with the word, but then also, it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Because I, I, I might achieve it for about 20 minutes out of the day. But the minute I, I feel that pure neutrality, that, that I feel invisible yeah. because nothing can touch me. No, um, you I actually to stay calmer. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, yeah. I do like that. But the young me, the thought of the young me ever aspiring to be neutral just makes me laugh. Because oh, the young egotistical me, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, when I grow up, I want to be neutral. Like, you know what's yeah. funny, though? I say I was quite neutral, but I'm sure other people would say I wasn't. No. But actually, I, I try my hardest. Yeah, do you know what? I do try my hardest to be neutral because ultimately I want people to like me to a degree and you know mm. and actually by being neutral also it does educate you I'm a huge fan of general knowledge as well and that means that I'm going to get yeah. more knowledge and well, be more knowledgeable we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason weren't we so true so true I've been quite gobby in my time and I thought <laughs> of stop doing that because ultimately I don't like myself when I'm that person yeah <laughs> I'm not quite sure how other, it's funny because you see yourself in a very specific way don't you I'm not quite yeah. sure how other people would see me but also I I'm sort of quite happy with what I do in the way that I do it yeah so ultimately as long as I'm happy yeah um, I, I hopefully should be making other people happy what I found fascinating is, is the image people have of me particularly because of the work I do. Yeah. That, um, you know, I've almost got, like, some people imagine... I, I just tell, tell, by the way, they react to me sometimes when I meet them for the first time, that I've got this sort of halo over my head. Because <laughs> 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 I'm sort of saintly figure. And what you have really, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know. But what, what, <laughs> what's been hilarious is because I've been locked down with my family for three months... They've seen the complete opposite side of that. And yeah. every time they hear one of these or, or see one of these things, and it's that, and they go, who are they talking about? Because it's definitely not you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just one I miserable think. old sod. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's me. I'm an absolute bloody wreck. Miserable, yeah. grumpy wreck. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind being locked down with you or your family, though. I went off the day and you know Tom. Oh, but, um, you'd I love it. I wouldn't mind being locked down with you guys. I love Tom. I've always had a very... <laughs> he knows this very well. I've always had a soft spot for Tom. I just, I've always loved kids. He's such but, a good good kid. You know? He really is. He really is. So, yeah, I wouldn't be complaining if I was locked down with you guys. You can get locked down with us any time. It's yeah. a cross between the Warner. It's a bit of a cross between... The Von Traps and the Osbournes. So if you put them two together, that explains that. That keeps me down to the ground. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you um, 
a, a comparison to what our family would be like. It's quite <laughs> dysfunctional, I think. <laughs> yeah, as is. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't no, like our true. family chat to be public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, so we better do some we better do some serious podcasting now. Yeah. <laughs> After we're having far too much fun. Um yeah, we'll stop can you, can, yeah, no, no, don't stop. Can you can you uh, tell me I am fascinated to like the journey of people and, and, and like what what first took you in a hairdressing when you were young? Well, do you know what? It's really funny because um my son who we adopted um three years ago, actually three years ago next week. Oh right. right. He loves the fact that I've kept some of my toys from when I'm young. And I pulled out this lion the other day that my grandmother had bought me. And I yeah. remember it's a fluffy white lion and it's got its mane cut into a bob. <laughs> and I was telling Riley about that. And I was saying, even then, I, bought, I, got, I was brought up in Somerset. I was born in East London, but brought up in Somerset. And in Dunstead, a, what, a village sort of near to us, they used to have a country show every year. And my nan took us there every year. We loved it, my sisters and myself. And I bought this white lion and I cut its hair and I cut my sister's hair and my friend's hair and what have you. So it's always been there. Yeah. I started working on Saturdays in a salon in Minehead called Something Else, named after the uh, Sex Pistols song. And oh, right, yeah. I worked there from 13 through to finishing my sitting guilds, level three. Um, right. And I had the best time there. I, I had... Two amazing bosses, Liz and Simon, who still I thank on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, because what they did, I hadn't had a good time at school. Um, right. I didn't have a good time at all. And, and my teenage years, as happy as they were, I, I was bullied quite bad. I was confused about me as a human. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather committed suicide when I was 13 um, oh. in the house that we lived in. And that was a really big thing for me because we were very close. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I was being quite badly bullied physically and mentally. So to go and do, I didn't really want to stay in Minehead because I would see the people that bullied me. But I, I loved the sound. So I worked there. I painted children's faces on buttons in the night to earn extra money because at some point I always knew I wanted to move up to London. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was a face painter and, a, and an apprentice. I moved to Taunton for a little bit and then moved to Wales to work for Andrew Price, who I'd met on a big Red Ken symposium that I'd won a place on. And I worked in Wales for two years and then just felt I needed to come to London. Um, and I moved back to Somerset for a little bit. I then moved to London in 1995 to work for Charles Worthington, who oh. I had actually seen on that um, trip to Florida, where I, right. I won the Red Pen thing. Yeah. And I wanted to work for Charles because I knew that he was up and coming. You know, 95, he hadn't won the awards or anything at that point. And I knew that he was up and coming and I just had a really good feeling um and do you know what that was sort of the making of me because moving to london was the best thing that ever happened um just because i think it was my spiritual home and you know i loved it here and to do what i wanted to do fashion work and all of that i had to be in london and that really was sort of the, the early years wrapped up 
but I met amazing people as well. I, you know, I, I got to work with L'Oreal. I'd always worked with L'Oreal prior. Yeah, in my salons. Yeah. But for me, that was a huge thing. You know, when I was young, I used to go into Boots and nick the Studio Lines hairspray. <laughs> in Boots, I didn't take it out of Boots. I used to go in and put it in my hair, then put the bottle back on the shelf and walk out. Tea <laughs> Because I, well, do you know what's so funny? I was like, well, do you know what? I'm not nicking it. Because I was I'm borrowing it. We all had a couple of my friends and myself. We used to go and spray our hair every lunchtime with sun in. Yeah. <laughs> God, that stuff. I know. Well, I thought I, I really wanted to be George Michael. I was upset. So did I. I was, I was sort of a marigold version of George Michael. <laughs> But my, do you know what? Hairdressing was always there. I used yeah. to buy, ha- ha- I used to buy Elle magazine, Vogue magazine, and Hair magazine, and yeah. cut out, you know, Robert Fielding and um, yeah. you know, Morris School of Hairdressing or something. And yeah. there was Smile on the King's Road, and I was obsessed with Anthony Mascolo and Trevor. You know, I yeah. thought because I could see, I would see Trevor on the clothes show. So I was literally like, this is, I want to be doing what these people are doing. Yeah. Um, I never, ever, you know, some people say, call me a celebrity hairdresser and things like that. I'm not that person because that for me wasn't any type of dream. I just wanted to do really well in this industry. Yeah. Um, and that's what I set out really to do. Um, and I've been really lucky, you know, I, when I moved to London, Charles and Alan and Jane and Carolyn Newman and, you know, yeah. Robinson, Sanchez Garden, the people that I worked with, Lara Johnson was yeah. there at the time, who I'm still so, so close to. These people just were incredible support. Um, and I was quite ambitious. Um, and I, you know, I just wanted to do it. So I would yeah. do what, I was doing what it took to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, um, you, you, you've got to live it, haven't you? So it gets yeah, to a point to. where when you want to really move forward, you've just got to absolutely live it. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to that, I just want to go back to, because it's just such a resonated with me when you said about that Charles was an influence. Yeah. Because um, I had a salon, um, I've, I had a salon for 30 years, and um, but it, it started in 1988. And then in the early 90s, Oh, that was um, years before I left school. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> we, I opened it in 88, and then in the early 90s, and it was just a small Essex salon in a small town, and um, I I went to a... L'Oreal used to do these days where you could go up and just see mentors. I think yeah. I don't think you had to pay. You just had a day with. And I went on this... Because um, I was a L'Oreal salon, I went up to see Charles Worthington, and he was with Alan Peters. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was explaining their whole process, and it just you know when you get that mind thing, you're just hanging like you know. And I thought, what am I doing? This is what I want to be doing. And yeah, I didn't because I didn't. That's what happened to me. Yeah, and because I hadn't, I, I couldn't. I, I'd sold my house and bought a property in this, so I was invested in the area. Um, but I thought I'm going to bring London to. Absolutely. Hope. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was really funny. I'm a bit all or nothing, you know. So, you know, I think at the time, I think I was charging, um, you know, twelve. Uh, I think I was charging like thirteen pounds for a cut and finish or something. Yes. 
And I thought, right, and within <laughs> and the, the next day, I said to my sister, right, we're doubling the prices. <laughs> There's no half measures, you know. We've got all the little wrong about coffee cups and the little trays and all yeah, that. and the cafetiers. Uh, and all the things, and, and, and yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to do this, and I've done a little refreshment menu, and I've done all of this thing in this little <laughs> salon by Stephanie Hope Station. And, you know, like, evidently, yeah, I heard that I was a talk of the Fenchurch Street guy, and they're going, he's gone mad. Do you know he charges me? But what's interesting about that is, it doesn't matter where you are. Then, it was different then, actually. It was different then. But nowadays, it doesn't matter. And you were in the top ten people doing that, because now everybody does it. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's the norm. And what's interesting is, that's exactly what I listened to when I was in Florida on this um, yeah. symposium. That's yeah. what they said, and that's what drew me to Charles Worthington. Also, yeah. they were the nicest people when I went to my interview, and that was a really big thing for me because I was scared to move to London um, mm. and live there, and you know, um, and that was before social media and before you know, everybody knowing what people did and all of that. It was it was a long time. I think that was ninety five I I did that. Yeah, moving right. on ninety five. So yeah. um it was amazing what they did. And and honestly my time there was incredible because it it was quite different what they were doing. And what that did was allowed me and the other hairdressers to grow. I also had a lot of outside influence. So my partner at the time made corsets. He was a corsetier and he worked with Mr. Pearl. So at that time, I was helping work in the evening with Mr. Pearl, working on beading corsets for Thierry Mugler and McQueen and Christian Lacroix and Antonio Berardi. So I got to meet people at that time as well that also helped me to shape my career. So, you know, I'll often say it's it's very much I was in the right place at the right time with the right attitude because... I think that's the other thing because you can be in the right place at the right time and it won't have an effect, but you need that extra bit, that right attitude. And, uh, you know, you've got to... Yeah, Yeah. and it really is. And it's been an interesting journey since then, just seeing how, you know, attitudes changed. Ultimately... I'm not saving people's lives. I, you know, what I do as an element of superficial, but I absolutely love it. And I make sure that people that come to me know that I love it. Um, And um, and that's whether I'm doing a fashion show or I'm doing an education course or my clients, you know, I still get up and get nervous and think, God, today's the day I'm going to get found out. I still do that (laughs) every day. And it's funny because, you know, when I get nominated for awards and things, I'm like, that. Yeah. what did that just happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I get it. I also have this real problem that I don't think I'm 47. I still right. think I'm stuck at 30-odd. Yeah. So I, I, I have that there as well. But it's a funny thing because um, ultimately I, I love, I love what I do. Yeah. And whether that's doing hair, which obviously I absolutely love, but meeting people and, you know, the opportunities that I've been given through my work. And, yeah. and it's funny, 
because people don't get this, but, you know, I'm an ambassador for GHD and I'm, I work very closely with them. I'm an ambassador for L'Oreal and I work closely with them. I still pinch myself that I do what I do with those brands, that I have a salon in London, that I have got to travel and that, that still blows my mind every yeah. single day. That's a crucial thing. Yeah. Um, gratitude is so important, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think because I've got that there, you know, you've seen my social media, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's quite an open book. But I think that's as important because ultimately that's what I would look for in somebody. I think it's refreshing as well. Well, I think, that's unfortunately, really yeah, sorry. Stuff, yeah, I think, I think there's so much of it is people are, 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 are afraid to show themselves. It's become that Absolutely. almost, you know, the, the people are, um, but they think that's the facade, and they're scared yeah. to show behind that facade. And I, I yeah. get that. You get that. Um, yeah, I do. But ultimately, I, I, I do like to have that element of um, transparency mm. because I think people can look at certain media, and that can be a magazine or whatever, and mm. they can see things that are beautiful and that they aspire to and think that everything's quite easy where actually it isn't. That's with everything, you know, running a business, um, managing your time, mm. uh, doing everything that you need to do, getting a balance, all of those things that can become quite um, difficult. I think I think that's an, like another person I really admire is uh, Sophia Hilton. Yeah. And I love that Absolutely. about her. So, so transparent, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, I love you know, it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and she just, even to the point of putting on the, the hair horror stories and, uh, oh, totally, you know. Totally. Yeah, like, and, and as for someone who's up there, that's so refreshing for someone who's trying to get there. You know, I that's the thing. Totally agree. Because ultimately, if you can share every experience, good and bad, then people can see that actually something that slows them down or stops them for a while or, you know, something happens that sends them off kilter a bit. Actually, that's life. That's normal. Um, And it's funny because, you know, when I look at a magazine, of course I love reading a glossy magazine. I love getting Vogue and, you know, I also love getting Vice and reading through Vice and reading through different newspapers just to see every side of a story. You know, one of the things that I'm finding really hard in lockdown is, um, and, I, and I've posted about this quite a lot, um, uh, scaremongering and, and catas- yeah. I'm a catastrophizer, so I catastrophize things. That's, that's one of my anxiety traits. Yeah. So for me, this whole thing is difficult um, because I'm looking and I'm thinking, Okay, well, are we supposed to go out? Are we not supposed to go out? Are we supposed to stay in? Are we supposed to do this? And with no clear guidance or no honesty in guidance, I can't. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I was thinking of the guy from Little Britain when Boris done the speech, <laughs> and then uh, Matt Lucas done that sort of interpretation of it the next day. Did you see it? Oh, I did. You know what? I love don't, that. Don't get me wrong, because I think. I personally don't particularly like Boris, but then I'm a gay man who adopted and he doesn't yeah. agree with that. So I've got no. quite big issues. Yeah, with him. Yeah, um, yeah. But 
I don't think he's got it easy, and and I would be no. in his job. No. But I do. <laughs> I I also see all of this stuff, and I'm a little bit like, fucking hell, what am I supposed to be doing? And now, you <laughs> Matt know, Lucas is brilliant, wasn't he? He's he was gonna brilliant. Go out. But don't go out. He was brilliant. <laughs> he was absolutely... You know what, I thought, I thought, thought Boris, I'd give him a piece of my mind, because, again, I think that's quite where my pissiness does come out. But I yeah. know that I'm not the only person that's struggling to read, uh, take from what we're being given and work with it. Um, what I tried to do is just share when I found it difficult and why I found it difficult, and then what I tried to do is give a a positive spin on it. So, mm. you know, and that for me is quite important and that's what media to me is. It isn't, it isn't about sharing a polished version of everything. It's about real life stuff. And, you know, yeah. I live my life, uh, I, I'm quite a realist. Mm. I, I, I do like things quite simple. You know, I'm not somebody who is governed by my bank balance or the car that I drive or anything like that. Um, so I like to live a simple life and I think it's really difficult in this day and age to do that. So that's probably why I share what I share and do what I do. Both hair and, you know, I'll, I can't do something or I don't do something or, you know, I've never done it before. I'll always give everything a try. Yeah. I'm a trier. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> I, like, I love a try and I love a doer. Because, yeah, me too. You know, there's so much. No, there's people love the like button too much. Oh, don't You know, if there was a like button and an action button, the action button would hardly ever be pushed. It's all the like button, you know. So true, because it's the easiest thing to do, because by doing yeah. it, you think you've done your part. Yeah. Then um, I'm sorry you haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Not everybody needs to do their part. No, of course, got of course. To be educated yeah. and informed. And yeah. listen, it's funny because, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Boris, but I'll always listen to stuff. I always listen to people's opinion. I, yeah. you know, because we're all entitled to our own opinion of everything, and we can make decisions ourselves. Yeah. But we have to be realistic in what we do and look for the real. Uh, the realistic element of everything because you often hear you know you'll often see this as a meme or something on social media where something's happened and a reporter will ask somebody who is protesting or demonstrating or out with their voice why they feel you know why they're out there and what they're doing is right or wrong say that the protesters who were protesting against lockdown in america I saw a whole load of reporters asking the people that were protesting why they were doing it. They didn't have a clue. And I no. think that's wrong because to go and protest and be uneducated about what you're protesting about is really lazy. Yeah. You have to educate yourself and then go and protest and do it in the right manner. Yeah. That's my thinking. Most definitely. Um, it, it's, it's come about at the moment with what's going on at the moment. With, with the, the going. And, and initially, I, I had all the, pro, all, all the uh, objections and the horror about all of this thing going on. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then very quickly I realised, and I was about to voice my opinions about it, and then I quickly realised that I didn't know enough. 
Absolutely. I'm a white middle class man in in, in this problem that I, 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 before I voice an opinion, I need to find out more and try and understand more, you know. um, And also, that's what, sorry, that's what's about the time. We have the time to sit down and really look into what is going on and what has gone on before us and how we can move forward into a more positive future. And there are things that every single person can take from this, turn it around, make it a positive and move forward with a much more positive message. Mm. It's such an interesting time. And again, I I think, you know, I had a child later on in life um, and educating Riley we're yeah. quite open, as you can imagine. Yeah. We are, you know, it's very much for him to make his decision and we'll give him, we'll guide him. And he's yeah. so interested in everything. And it's made us see things differently as well because we're really looking into things. And it's great. It's so yeah. good and so positive. We, we, I've got a similar thing because I've got like five children. And they're all, they're all. <laughs> five Toms. Yeah, no, well, they're all. Tom's the only boy. So I've got what? I've got four girls and Tom. That's why he's grown his hair long. Yeah, that's it. No, I think he thinks he's the second coming. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I think he's always thought that, though. <laughs> yeah, and I've got I've got three grandchildren as well, and um, they're all they're, well. They're just such different characters, all of them. You know, and what I love, I don't like it when it gets there again when when their voices get too loud and they. But I love the I love the differences of opinion. Absolutely. Um, uh, my daughter, particularly one, <laughs> she'll know what I mean. Uh, she's at uni, and she's sort of she's turned into a woman at uni with her own values and her own opinions, very strong opinions about everything. Um, I think that's brilliant. You know, and it, I love it. I love it. I mean, me and her clash a lot. Of course. Um, Again, but there's nothing wrong with that, is it, there? No, no, and, and it, but I try and keep it as positive as possible and um, and just try and share with her to just have a slightly more open mind. But I do love her conviction, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, I can't, a lot of it I can't argue. My, all of my opinions have changed in the last 10 years. Yep. I well, like I, I think probably goes on to my recovery because I... Yeah. You know, I, I went into recovery 14, like I'm 14 years sober, and I, um, to really make recovery work, I had to, like, break, it's, it's almost like having a, a building a house, you have to really knock yeah. the old one, clear it away, and then start the foundations up, and that, that's what I... on 14 years as well, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, 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 it seems, it's like a whole lifetime. You know, yeah. I'm 57, and it's probably only a third of me life. But I'm like, it, it, it's such a seems such a long ch- a, a chunk of it, particularly yeah. because of the changes that have been made. Um, 14 years it, ago, I, it was a different yeah. story, wasn't it? Yeah, and and all of my all of my core belief system, my understanding of myself has completely changed. My motivations, everything's changed, but it had to, because otherwise I would be doomed to commit the same thing over and over again, which unfortunately people do, you know. Yeah, which is it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I, I, I feel exactly the same. So I'm only eight, well, eight and a half years now. 
Yeah. And it's funny because I look back, I do look back over the years, probably since moving up to London, but actually way before that. Um, I'm sober because I, um, God, it's such a strange thing to even talk about, I suppose, but mm. I, I didn't quite realize the damage that I was doing at the time. Um, I didn't also didn't realize why I had an addiction. And one of the things that becoming sober for me has allowed me, and it still happens on a daily basis, I'll see something different or I can start. For me, it's a big puzzle that I'm still putting back into place. So like you said, with the house, knocking it down, starting again, it's the best way to describe it. And it's a work in progress. Um, And for me, what's so interesting, even within my career and with what I do and how I've sort of grown, I I moved to New York when I was 30 to to live there, to open Charles Worthington in New York. And it was there that I realized that I had a drink problem. Mm. Um, And actually, it was quite a different drink problem to what manifested itself later on in life. And it sort of lasted the time that I was in New York. Um, And then when I moved back to the UK... I sort of, yeah, my life changed massively in that time. And actually what I did was I tried to hide my mental health problems and my addiction problems by um, not pretending, but instead of saying that I had a problem, I would say that I wasn't very well. Yeah. It wasn't Munchausen's as such, but it was it wasn't yeah. dissimilar to that. I things would happen and I would think, Okay, well that's because of this or that but also I was trying to hide my personal battle from absolutely everybody and that for me didn't work. And mm. um, and it was interesting because as soon as I started to realise I did have a really big problem, it was quite a lot later. It was probably two thousand and eight. 2009, no, 2008, 2007, 2008, I was an absolute mess uh, behind the scenes. Both in my career and my personal life. So it was all sort of crashing down around me. Um, And the exhaustion that came from me trying to put on a brave face was just too much for me. Um, and I sort of had two breakdowns that were quite, well, they were very private. And, and they made me realize that I really had to do something about it. It then took me about 14 months to really build up the courage to do something about it. Mm. But what I realized is I was losing absolutely everything. And I, I didn't particularly like myself. I wasn't performing at work as well, although work was the thing that sort of held it all together. Um, and I was, I was sort of intoxicated a lot of the time. And it, do you know what? It was such a mess. Um, and then I, I really had to turn it around. But that whole turning it around has been the best thing, and I'm still working on it. And there are still, I still make mistakes. I don't drink ever. I do still make mistakes sometimes. I have to manage my mental health very, very delicately. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. My mental health is its a real struggle. Yeah. Um, and I manage it in quite a few different ways, actually. So 
I feel like I'm getting a balance. It, it, to be totally honest, I'm not coping. I've had a real tough five days, and I don't know if you know, but about two and a half, three weeks ago, I ended up in hospital after having an attack of disassociative amnesia, which literally is your um, brain shutting down to protect you. Mm. But that to do with the fact that I have quite a delicate balance when it comes to my mental health, but also the situation that we're in at the moment and me not being able to make heads or tell of what the fuck is going on. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I mean, I've only opened <laughs> for four weeks. I'd only been open for four weeks. Yeah. It's a really difficult year for me. So I was really excited yeah. about opening and suddenly it was like, okay, you got doors. And, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, at this point in my life, I've got no money because yeah. I just invested in a salon. And, yeah. uh, you know, I have a lot of responsibility and I have no idea how I'm going to get myself through this. So, yeah, do you know what? Life can be really, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a fucker. Yeah, it's you know what? Life can be a fucker. <laughs> it really is. But I'm, I do wear I'm lucky now. Yeah. Because I've been honest about my mental health. Yeah. Because I have a great family. So my husband and my son, who, meeting Kenny about five years, five, six years ago, was one of the best things that ever happened because it was at the right time. Um, I've got a great immediate group of people around me. My friends, my colleagues at Adam Reeve London, my, you know, the people that I work with in the industry, yeah. I have an incredible um, group of people around me. And, and social media, for me, that's where it comes in positively because I don't mind sharing. Firstly, yeah. what that does is it allows people to know that I'm feeling a little bit delicate or shit or, you know, yeah. going a bit nuts. It also allows other people that are feeling that to think, okay, well, I feel like that. So it doesn't, it's not as bad because actually, do you know what someone else feels like that? Um, well, especially with yourself, sorry to cut in, but especially with yourself, because, uh, you know, a lot of people look up to you, Adam, in the industry, you know, and I think that's why it's so powerful. The, the, the more people look to you, the more people you've got a chance of affecting by just admitting that, you know, yeah. even this talk today with me and you, you know, there's so many people out there thinking that they're only one. And our industry is, is unfortunately, oh, right. is rife with it, purely because we're such, A, we're such party animals. Yeah. And the thing is, like, 15 to 15% of the population will be affected by some form of addiction. Absolutely. Now, if, if, so you, if you think of, you know, if there's 30,000, 50,000 hairdressers in the country, there's an awful lot of people that will be struggling. Um, and then to hear people like you saying that, you know, it, it is a problem that can get out of hand and not being preachy because the thing is what I always, you know, I, I, I never not mention my recovery, but I don't, I don't, like, bang on a drum about it. Absolutely. It's not what defines you. No, no. And, and, and the thing is, uh, me and my, when I was in, you know, complete, yeah. the worst stage, the last thing you could tell me is, uh, do is tell me what to do. Because I would think, well, you can fuck right off. You oh, know, and I, I used to do that. True. And, you know, so the last thing you can tell a person who's struggling is, is what to do. What you, what, the only thing you can do is say, well, look, this is what I did. And, totally. and hopefully it will resonate. You know, that's the only way you can do it. It's so true. Firstly, thank you for saying that. It's really right at the beginning. It's really interesting because one thing, I see myself exactly the same as everybody else. And it is, it, 
I, yeah, I'm lucky to do what I do and to be where I'm at. But, but I think, especially in this day and age, you know, I I just love the fact that I work with great people. And actually, there aren't many people within the industry that I don't get on with. There really aren't that many people. No. Um, there are a couple. Yeah. <laughs> but That's not many. Nice. And yeah. you know what? I'll always try to see the good in people because I've been in a really bad place and, and yeah. people have really taken a chance on me. So in a way, that's one of the things that I love to do. And that does give you a nice following. Um, but again, my like exactly the same to you, I try not to preach. I only share what I feel is right, but it is very honest. And again, some people don't like the honesty. They find it really uncomfortable. But a lot mm. of the time, that's because they're hiding something. I know yeah. that. Because, again, that was a part of my journey, realizing that actually some people are only trying to help and looking for help and advice is a good thing. Um, yeah. And actually, we're in a very lucky situation now. You know, social media has only been around in its popularity for the last six years or so. Yeah. Before that, we really didn't have that platform to be able to talk about things like this. And if I had somebody that I could that I respected and that I looked up to and I liked the way they cut hair, I would absolutely have followed them. And do you know, it's funny because I was talking about Trevor earlier. I, I've got to know Trevor over the last probably five or six years and, and he's always been a bit of a hero to me. Yeah. Um, both hairdressing but also personally because I loved his story and he was from the East End and different yeah. things. But I've bumped into Trevor a couple of times and I'm not joking, he has said things that have blown my mind in a positive way. Yeah. And I am just like, do you know what? He was always honest with me. I saw him when I was on the same team back in 99. And, and I absolutely worship the ground. He walked on from a perspective of a hairdresser. But also, I sort of feel like I've crossed a little bit of a line into something where we, we have a good amount of respect and Honestly, he's blown my mind with his honesty and his positivity. Yeah. And I feel really honored to know him. And hopefully what I do for people is what he's done for me. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's, that, do you know what? To have a legacy, I think is important. And I do love the fact that people, you know, getting nominated for British last year for me was quite a, a really strange thing. Yeah. Because I've never entered the awards. I've supported them. Um, I absolutely love Jane. And, yeah. you know, we've had a great relationship right from day one. But to get nominated for me was a real interesting thing because, and it was funny because I got slated to my face. Like some people said to me, some people wrote on social media, on other people's things that I should never have been nominated, that um it was a fast that I was nominated and this and that. But ultimately, for me, one of the reasons that I went with it, absolutely loved the experience and accepted it again this year was because I was being nominated by my peers. Yeah. By other hairdressers and a lot of other hairdressers. I was on a list of a massive amount of people and I am yeah. not the person that would say no because I also feel that it's a great way to do things forward and that's what I'm doing moving forward. And, you know, it's quite a funny thing. When I got, I literally, I'm not joking, I cried my eyes out. Jane rang me, I was shooting for Airden. And I was in, a, we were in the old centre St. Martin's in Holborn. And I was working on two Afro heads. It was just myself, and there were two Afro models. Two beautiful girls, we were having a right laugh. 
And I saw James, this was last year, I saw James' number come up on my phone. So you're, I think you'll relate to this. The only time Jane ever called me in the past, because we saw each other a lot at events, but if she called me, it was because somebody complained about me. <laughs> <laughs> and a gobshite. Um, so often Jane would ring and say, Adam, I know you were at so-and-so last night and I've had a call because you really upset this person because you were drunk and you were telling them exactly <laughs> what you thought. So this is no word of a lie and I think it's so relevant to this conversation and you'll get it. I saw her, the phone was on the table in front of me. The makeup artist was doing one model and I was doing the other model's hair. I saw her name come up. I broke out into an absolute cold sweat thinking, oh, who the fuck have I upset now? <laughs> Who on earth have I said? Do you know what? I spent the time doing the girl's hair, sweating, cold sweating, thinking, okay, go back. Where have you been? What have you done? <laughs> and I went back through anyway. I rang up. She sent me a message saying, you have to call me urgently. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's worse than I thought. You know what? I couldn't think what it was. There was it was so strange. Not once. Did I? Because I didn't know that they rang you before the nominations came out and that. Right. I was not once did I think this is about the BHA. And it's yeah. really funny because when I spoke to her, I think she knew. When she told me, I cried. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that I, you know, I have worked hard, but I've been through some right shocking times. And yeah. I just was like, Bloody hell! This is this isn't this is a whole group of hairdressers, you know, a whole group of hairdressers. This isn't the you know what is considered the best of British hairdressing. This is a whole massive group of hairdressers who yeah. have written my name down as the person that they feel is nominating me, and the respect that I felt yeah. then was honestly it took my feet from underneath me. And it was like when I won Most Wanted in uh, Hair Icon in 2015. I can't believe it's five yeah. years ago now. Yeah. I remember them reading my name out. I was in the Natural History Museum. And again, it, you know, there's something about being in the Natural History Museum and what have you. Yeah. We were back quite a way back, past the dinosaur, and I was just like that. Wow, well, I obviously haven't won it yet. If I'm sat past yeah. the fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <But> anyway, <laughs> when they read my name out, and I actually, that day... I got standing, like everybody stood up. I didn't yeah. think I was going to make it from the back to the front. I honestly thought I'd I was going And that's me, you know, I never take anything for granted. I'm actually sad. I've got a little shed in my garden where I do my work and I'm looking at my hair icon award. Yeah. The pride that that gives me, especially because I could, it, I could, it could have gone in a totally different direction. Yeah. That's yeah. That's where the gratitude. That's when you realise and the gratitude comes in and the, you know, yeah. the different paths and the sliding doors moments and Do you know what, they all fall into place. You know, I've I've obviously I've got a huge amount of respect for you. I also absolutely love you as a person, as you know. I I love your <laughs> outlook and what have you. But when we were doing what you do, your haircuts for homeless, and you know, yeah. I really want us to do some stuff at the salon, what we discussed there. By yeah. the by, the day that I came into Covent Garden and we were working, yeah. I left that day, only cut two people's hair, but yeah. I left that day thinking, actually, we live on an, on, the, on an edge and you never know which way you're going to go. No, no. You know, I, I, I think every session brings that to me. 
that that's, yes, that's, yes. that's why I love them. That's why I love them, Adam, because they are me. Yeah. yeah. They are me a I little that, bit further down I the road. And that, that's when, you know, every time I embrace them, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing myself. And, and that, that's where, that's what keeps me going through the tough times. And yep. that's why I've been doing it right. five and a half years, you know, because I just, I'm doing it for, for me. Yeah. yeah. I could see that that day with you. I, you know, I'm not here to blow smoke up your no. ass, but no. I think you know what I think about what you've done. I think it's incredible. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, something I really want, now I'm open to get involved in. But yeah. I, I, what that did for me, it was great coming interesting the hair and, and raising some awareness and meeting the two guys who I cut. But actually just seeing your passion, you know, we had... The British Beauty Council girls there, seeing their passion for it. Yeah. I remember us standing outside and us all, we were just so full of joy that came yeah. from the tiny little thing that we had done that morning yeah. which had such a huge I, effect. I've kept that picture on our, one of our covers because I just love that, that day. It. It's such a lovely, oh, is it? Yeah. It's, it's such a lovely picture that, and there's, there's, there's you and me and Neil and Lee and Johnny Sapong. Yeah. And I, it's just, and it's almost like, it's like a summer holiday picture. You know, you, know the, the, really you can is. see the joy, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a beautiful picture. And do you know what was lovely about that is actually, it's those little things. And for me, I, you know, it is a totally different thing, but when I, when I'm nominated for something, I yeah. have this feeling of, I could be in a totally different place. I, yeah. you know, yeah. There were there so many times in my life that I could have taken the wrong path. There are so many times I have taken the wrong path. Yeah. There are so yeah. many times I could have taken, uh, you know, a much worse path. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, uh, and again, I don't even know what time it is, but what, and I can talk the hind legs off of a... a <laughs> um, one of the things that I am so hugely grateful within, you know, <laughs> what I did... Oh, bless you. I believe <laughs> Hugely great. I know it's been shit, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my Mine's god. Been so bad. <laughs> um, one of the things I'm so hugely grateful for is the people that I have around me, and yeah. the people that have helped me. And do you know what? As an industry, it, it often goes, it often passes without people knowing. But you know, I wrote this today. I have people who are so sensitive to me as a human being. Nothing else. And they yeah. support me and they work to help me. And, you know, I, no man is an island. It was something yeah. that I'm a real believer. And I, I really feel that I'm that person. And, you know, I, I know with um, Tom, I had a huge amount of time for Tom. Yeah. And I find that I want that time for people that I'm spending time with. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I sort of feel like yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying to make sense of it in my head. I am probably one of the luckiest hairdressers in the world, not because of any award that I've won, but because of the people that are around yeah. me that support me to be who I am. Yeah, and I get that. That comes from everybody from my apprentice team to yeah. my team in the salon, any one of them. My, yeah. you know, the people I work with at the company, the hairdressers I work with, Everybody, I am one of the luckiest people, and I can still do what I do. Yes. And I can say, actually, do you know what? I'm having a fucking shit day today, and I'm going to need a lot of support through the day. Yeah. Nobody 
says no to that. And I would never say no to anybody else. And I try to give that back in, in, you know, I try to give that back in everything that I do. But I don't think there's anybody that doesn't support me. And that's one thing I thank this industry for with all of my heart. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's pretty rare. Yeah. And I can only reiterate that from my own experience as well. Yeah. And even like, you know, I'm talking to you, so I'm going to say it like you, but when I see you, literally you give me the biggest hug and I'm just like, no, nah, it's not better there. And I'll go and, you know, I sat, sat and talk to Trevor and I'm like, I walk away thinking, yeah, I feel better now. I see my friends. They're thinking of putting my, my hugs on the, uh, on the National Health Service. So oh, they do. <laughs> I want to your smile because there's a vulnerability in your smile that I think literally speaks volumes. You've yeah. got the loveliest smile and the loveliest laugh. And I, uh, you know, like I said, when we were in Covent Garden that day, I was a little bit late. I, I, I don't know if you remember, I was doing a Fashion Week test and, yeah. and I yeah. got there. I just felt so welcome and I knew that every single person coming in, whoever they were, felt welcome. Yeah. It was just like, this is how it should be. And again, you know, yeah. going back to what we're talking about, it just got to be honest. Be yeah. raw and, and sort of do it, do it as you need to do it. Yeah. Um, what, what, so really, I mean, I was going to actually say you know, as to wrap it up, I was going to say what what would you what advice would you give to people? I think we've you, you've given so much advice throughout this. You know that um, you, you know. Like, My if, biggest piece if, of advice would be laugh wherever you can. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? That's if you're with my clients. Know this. Any yeah. designer that I worked with, well, yeah. I worked with. You know, I used to work with Tim Brett Day years ago, and he posted some pictures two days ago. And I, it instantly transported me back. There was Tim, yeah. Mark is one of his assistants, Ursula Lake, um, a stylist on the Devonay. Um, the model commented um, from the shoot. It's actually on my social media at the moment. Um, and you know what everybody said? We used to laugh so much. And I'm like, God, if that's what I'm remembered for, then I have done a really good job. <laughs> I think you have. I can't, I can't think of a better place to finish it on, Adam. And, um, I'm really grateful to speak to you, and, and as always, it's been a real pleasure. And, Honestly, um, thank you so much for asking. Oh no, it, like, it, really, thank you for asking. Congratulations no, an on your um, Sarah Ferguson podcast as well. I thought it was brilliant. Um, She's a lovely woman. Carry on doing what you're doing as well, and just carry on being you. Because thank you. Honestly, yeah, you're one of the nicest people I know. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. No. I'll I leave you on that before I blush. <laughs> <laughs> or I start crying. Adam Reid, thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised... It helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job. This is a calling. 